Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord. Walt and I are thankful for this opportunity to participate with The Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library. Welcome, friends. You know, as Walt and I continue this Advent series called Bethlehem Story, we have a story to tell you from our own life. It was actually a time I just starting to laugh already. There was no room for us in the inn. Oh, she's starting to laugh already. All right. <laughs> so it was December 26th, so just after Christmas, 2000. 2000. <laughs> we were stranded in the parking lot at Walmart in Dumas, Texas. And we had been up north, and we were coming back down to Texas, and a snowstorm had come across the southern plains, Colorado, Oklahoma, and the panhandle of Texas, and dumped 24 inches of snow in less than 10 hours. The highway patrol had closed the road as we were coming into Dumas. They were not allowing anyone to continue past Dumas. And so we went into a McDonald's just before they were closing. Those people were going home. Uh, No no available hotel rooms. Like I said, there was no room for us in the inn. And so we geared up for a long night. And we'd been skiing, so we had plenty of warm clothes. But at the still, it was cold that night. And we spent the whole night in our, in our car well below freezing. It was dark. The snow's blowing. And about every hour, I'd get awake, and we'd all be cold. And, and I'd start the car, but first I had to go make sure the snow was away from the muffler. And it was one long, hard night. You know, um, I I can only imagine what was the night like we're going to talk about in this story. It probably wasn't snowing, but it could be a cold night. Um, in, in the south of Israel, in the desert, it gets cold at night in certain times of the year. And there are people out in the night. We're now going to be reading out of Luke chapter 2, and we're going to be introduced to the shepherds, um, beginning in verse 8. In that same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flocks by night. That's a little unusual. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were terribly frightened. That's very unusual. But then the angel of the Lord said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy which will be for all the people. You know, in Luke's gospel account, this is a third visitation of an angel to key individuals in Bethlehem's story. In chapter 1, Gabriel visits first Zacharias, and then he comes and speaks with Mary. And, and both the times the angel says to Zacharias and Mary, Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Fear is a normal response when these powerful spiritual beings arrive. And now the angel comes to some shepherds. They're out doing their work, their regular work, but now they're staying in the fields watching their flocks. But these might not have just been your common, every ordinary shepherds. Uh, There was a great scholar 140 years ago by the name of Alfred Edersheim, and he wrote this book entitled The Life and Times of Jesus the Messiah. And I'm going to read you a little bit of a quote because this scholar has something to say possibly about these shepherds. He said, as we pass from the sacred gloom of the cave, that cave that Jesus 
was was born in that the the manger is in that and we go out into the night it's sky all aglow with a starry brightness it's loneliness peopled and it's silence made a vocal from heaven that the messiah was to be born in bethlehem was a settled conviction micah 5 2 told us that and we've looked at that already Equally so was the belief that Messiah was to be revealed at Migdal Eder, which means the Tower of the Flock in Micah 4.8. This was not a normal watchtower for ordinary flocks, which pastured on the more barren ground beyond Bethlehem, but this was a watchtower that lay close to the town on the main road to Jerusalem. And the flocks that were pastured there in this area were destined for temple sacrifice and accordingly these shepherds who watched over these flocks were not ordinary shepherds these shepherds watched the temple flocks all year long that is an unusual part of this shepherd's story that these were special shepherds and i, I love that quote from edersheim i i think that's so um just a great place for us to drop this into this text in Luke 2. And just to realize that this angel had come to talk to these shepherds and to share the good news with these men who were out in the field watching over those flocks that were destined to be sacrificed at the temple. And so let's continue now in Luke 2, beginning in verse 11. For today in the city of David, this is the angel speaking to these shepherds, these specific shepherds. There has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. There will be a sign for you. So watch for this sign. Listen to this sign. You will find a baby wrapped in claws. That's not... That's not unusual, right? No, I mean, all babies would have been wrapped in these what they called swaddling cloths. Right. So they're wrapped in cloths. That's not the sign. This will be a sign for you. What is it? The end of this sentence lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. You know, this angel is announcing the birth of a child to shepherds. However, this child is unlike any other that has ever been born today in the city of David. So these shepherds are told precisely where to go and look. They're to look in the city of David. And who is it they're looking for? They're looking for a newborn infant wrapped in these swaddling clothes lying in a manger, but he has a special name, a savior who has been born for you. This is his given name, Jesus, which in Hebrew means Yahweh saves. This is a savior for you, for you, for you. The savior who is Christ. This is the Greek word for Messiah. And as Walt said earlier, they're watching. These people are aware that, that it's time. It's time for Messiah to come. We've been talking about that. The anointed one. He is the Messiah, Savior born, who is Christ, and then this third name, the Lord. This is God. This is Lord. This is Master. This is Yahweh. He is the relational God. Shepherds, 
friends, he is coming to have a relationship, a personal relationship with you. Why? Because he's a living personal God with emotions, intellect, and will. Jesus came to this earth to receive those who are outsiders, those who are outcasts and the oppressed, to receive them into his new family, into his kingdom. These shepherds had an unusual assignment. These shepherds would take the lambs to Jerusalem and they would give account to the priests at the temple. Yes, these lambs are spotless. They're without blemish, approved for sacrifice. Do you see why these shepherds had the angel visit them? You know, these shepherds were God's perfect choice to be the first witnesses of this miraculous birth. They're independent witnesses out there, and they've seen the angels they've been spoken to. And imagine their emotions. Um, there, there was this messianic expectation. People were looking and watching for Messiah due to the Old Testament prophecies and even the, the, the days and the times that are foretold in Daniel's prophecy. And in their amazement, looking at one another, this angel just came and spoke with us. I mean, we're only shepherds. I mean, he should be up in Jerusalem. He should be with famous people, with rich people. But they're coming out to this field. The angelic host is praising God. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace to all men. Well, continuing on in Luke chapter 2, in verse 15 and following, it says this, And when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, let's go straight to Bethlehem, and then we'll see this thing that has happened. Let's go to Bethlehem. And they're saying this back and forth, the Greek talks about. They're just saying, we've got to get to Bethlehem. We need to see what the Lord has made known to us. And so verse 16 says of Luke 2, so they came in a hurry, and they found their way to Mary and Joseph and the babe as he lay in a manger. And when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about the child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. You know, Brenda, there's a number of points here. Um, this excitement to get to Bethlehem. We've got to hurry. And the Lord's now made this known to us. We're accountable. But, you know, we grew up in a small town, <laughs> and mostly there were farmers, a lot of us. And, and we, I grew up on a dairy farm. Farmers don't usually hurry. They have long days. They've got lots of chores to do, but they have a pace. But shepherds, they they don't hurry ever because the sheep meander. They they wander around looking for just the right piece of grass, and and they desire to keep the sheep calm. They don't want them hurried. But these shepherds hurried, and they found their way to Mary and Joseph and this babe, who in all places should have been inside a warm house. He should have been nuzzling in, in um, a place that was, that was well-protected. Instead, he's in a manger, just like the angel told them. And then they went out and told everyone about this child. All who heard it wondered. And as we were thinking about this this part of the lesson and we were praying about it, one of the things that, that came to me as a head to heart is um, when I was a new believer and it was so fresh and so new and, and my heart had been changed and my life was different and I'd been, been forgiven and I no longer felt dirty. I wanted to tell everyone what the Lord had done, that he'd forgiven my sins and I was a new creation in Jesus Christ. 
But sometimes as, as we become older Christians and in the midst of our walk and spending time with other Christians all the time, we're not as quick or we're not looking to share the good news as, as, as often. We kind of have made all these friends that know about this good news. And, and every so often I, I pray this prayer. It's a prayer of David found in Psalm 51, verse 12. And, and David, after being caught in sin, um, comes back and he says, God, I need you to do something in my heart. He says this, Lord, would you restore to me the joy of thy salvation? And would you sustain me with a willing spirit? And when you do that, then I will teach others, transgressors, your ways. And sinners will be converted to thee. And, and even as I read that passage out of Psalm 51, it reminds me, and I want to challenge you, I want to challenge myself, uh, God, would you renew our love for yourself? And, and this amazing story that, that began there in Bethlehem that actually had been foretold for thousands of years previously. Lord, would you renew our love for you? But Lord, also, would you send us to somebody that needs to hear about this story? Um, Lord, you are the Lord of Christmas, and you've changed my life. I imagine you changed many of the the listeners to this podcast. Lord, would you help us look for, diligently look for others that that we might be able to share the good news that unto us was born a Savior in Bethlehem, and that that Savior eventually was the Lamb of God born to, to forgive our sins, to cleanse us from all of our sins, and that that Lamb of God died on Calvary's cross, and because of that, we can have our sins forgiven. What great news to share at Christmas time! Thank you for sharing that, Walt, and that just coming, I know, from your heart, and yes, the importance that He is the Lord of Christmas, and if He is our personal Savior, He has changed my life, He's changed your life. Well, you know, a lot has happened, a lot has taken place since we began in Luke verse 1, and let's just walk through that recap. A young couple has traveled from Nazareth to Bethlehem, about 100 miles. Caesar Augustus Augustus has called for people to go back to their hometown where their lineage is from, as it says there in Luke, those opening verses in chapter 2. They're to register, go back to, and Joseph needed to go back to, remember, to Bethlehem because he was from the house and the lineage of David, and David is from the city of Bethlehem. Well, when Joseph went there, he took with him his his wife, Mary. He, they were betrothed. They weren't officially married. Um, they had not consummated their marriage, but Mary was with child from the Holy Spirit. And when they arrived, there was no place for them to stay. And so they actually found shelter in an animal cave. And then the time had come for Mary to give birth. And she pulled out from her knapsack those swaddling cloths she she had packed so lovingly, and she wrapped her infant son in those. And then she picked up her infant son, newborn, and she laid him in a feeding trough in a manger. And then that evening, out in the fields, an angel 
of the Lord comes to tell the shepherds a message of good news, glory to God, born to you this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Go to Bethlehem and look for him. You will find a newborn wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. This is your sign. You know, Luke is the only gospel writer who uses the word manger, and it's used three times in these first verses in Luke chapter 2. When this group of ragtag men arrive, you can only imagine them sheepishly, kind of sheepishly, get it, shepherd, peering, peering into the cave. They, they're peering, they're looking into the cave, they're not sure what they're supposed to do. And then the marvel and amazement in their eyes as they behold, this child has been born for you. He is a savior. He is Christ the Lord. And then we go to Luke 2, 19 and 20. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they'd heard and seen just has been told to them. You know, as we close today, what do we treasure? Pause. Think about your reply. It might even take you a few moments after this podcast ends, but what do you hold near and dear in your heart? Luke 2.19 is one of my favorite verses, and I come back to it and I reflect on it almost every single December, but I think about it other times in the year as well. Mary treasured all these things, pondering them, in her heart. You see, she had already experienced so many unusual and miraculous events just nine months into this journey. She'd been chosen by God to carry his only son. There were many years ahead for her, and each of us needs to hold on to the moments and memories of God's work in our lives. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Yes, for unto you is born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. May you continue to walk with God. Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord. Walt and I are thankful for this opportunity to participate with the Awakening in America and outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library.